With a barefoot hunter Because statistics are the best Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host today, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. We take our inspiration from The Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the NRL and AFL 2021 season. And it's a big welcome back. First of all, to the project to logical, uh, to the program to logical, we've got Benedict in the house, and we've also got Dicko here with us. How are we, gentlemen? Very well, very well. I'm very excited. The Pope has had a cracking couple of weeks on NRL. Uh, we found some value last week in the at the AFL. Some paid off, some didn't, and then we've got Dicko back. Couldn't make it last week, um, but he's back on board, so it's good to have him here. How could I miss after um, <laughs> for the first time in in our friendship? You were completely and utterly wrong. You said this before, Dicko, but I'm just trying to see where's the evidence that I was wrong. Anywhere. You were half tipping the swans, maybe like wooden spoon. Half tipping something that still might actually occur. (laughs) You don't believe. You don't believe yet? This will be good. We'll do it every week. Every week we'll just see when you finally come back to us and you start to believe. Because I'm telling you right now, what, what we saw on Saturday night was elite. I know that... Even though you guys are the older guys on, on this show, you're actually out <laughs> ripping and tearing at festivals. I was at home with my boy. I got him out of bed. So Dicko's a massive re-rate for the Swans, which is great because I saw that the uh, the mug here was tipping the Swans big early in the week and there's been a big move towards the Swans against Adelaide. So he'll be very, very much in the Yeah, well, that was, a, that was a huge go. I, I, always, um, I always sit down of a Sunday night after all the games are finished and sort of just rerun my lines and, and do my lines for the following week. And when I looked down and saw um, the nine and a half for the uh, for the Swannies, I thought, gee, that's uh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, if you would have had uh, Adelaide rated significantly lower than anyone <laughs> for for the whole year last year, definitely rated lower than in Sydney, and then all of a sudden you got Adelaide coming to Sydney to play them on their home ground. I, I just I couldn't have that. So, yeah, I got, got, uh, got a bit excited about that one. But we better say uh, hello to the program also to Benedict. Uh, fresh off another great weekend of NRL, mate. How are you going? I'm good, the mug. Thank you. Bit of conjecture whether Cam is wrong, but one th- person who is right is Dicko. M again, second week disaster, catastrophe in the voting. So we'll dive into that as the show goes on. Very good, mate. Very good. Can we get into our favourite segment? We sure can. Let's talk some bad beats. And what did you have for us? Oh, no, no, no. Again, harder. Bad beats. There it is, Dicko. A little bit louder and stronger for you. What do you got for us, Logical? What did you see? I'm sure there were several over the weekends. The one that hurt hurt me a bit was the um, Robbie Gray to get 20 or more disposals loaded up on that. And he was on 19 at three-quarter time. Actually touched the ball a couple of times early, went through the hands, and then you could see it. This, the, the game was over. They mm. put him on ice, took him, took him off the gra- <laughs> took him off the ground with ten minutes to go, and didn't come back on. That, that's one of the best things that I've watched in this first week of the same game multi product. Is an awful game of football or a game you're not interested in at all? There's something to roar for the whole four quarters. The game does go for too long, I, I reckon, after this first round. But at least you've got something to roar. I don't think I was roaring that one. Um, definitely was no roaring. It was just an inevitable 
slow death. Yeah, yeah. so that was the one that, that took my notice and over the weekend yourself. The, the, well, the other one, I, I think you beat the uh, closing line in the total points game in the GWS St Kilda by about 25 points, I think, which was already in a low-scoring game. I think it was 158. I think that jumped at about 134, 135 around that mark. And... Uh, yeah, just and that's. I think it was the third quarter. I think they kicked about eight, ten goals, and it's just like, ooh, this could be in a little bit of trouble. And then, if, sure enough, goal after goal after yeah, goal. You and it was it. even, it was even almost for that last minute and a half. You're like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, and then, nah, all done. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Like it was, was, it was uh, painful to lose that bet, but I could see something from the new rules there that it does create, you know, sixty-five meter plays rather than fifty meter plays playing on from the man on the mark, and now we got more open, free-flowing football and definitely affected the scoring in that match and it will affect the scoring in a lot of other games. Defining exactly how much that is is to be determined. But the one thing that is really critical and it's not consistent at the moment is the umpire's call of play on. And so when, it, when the umpire's not calling play on, these players are running past the mark willy-nilly and it's just painful to watch as an opposition spectator because you can just see that player running away and he can't do anything. It's interesting. Did you notice that in uh, more games than others, uh, Royds, on the on which which umpires were allowing it? Which games did you see that happening? Because there might be a bit of an angle there to actually look at which umpires are going to be umpiring that next week and, and go, well, if those umpires are going to be a bit more lenient, maybe that scoring is going to be a bit higher. Getting that umpire to know that they're consistently doing it when they're in triples be You'd need some deep analysis there, but, yeah. it's, but it's an angle there, but probably one I won't be bothering <laughs> spending my time on. And do you think that there might be more scoring over the next sort of two to three weeks? Like the Brisbane game, like the Swans game, Brisbane kicked three goals in two and a half minutes to open the open the contest. And I don't, I don't think that was the, the catalyst for the Swans just being fearless and just rolling the dice. I think they were going to do that anyway. But it was a massive change in the way they played footy which led to huge scores, and they've destroyed a team that was right in the premiership market. Do you reckon it is a sign that that's the way football's going to be played this year? You actually wanted to speak about that, or do you just want to talk about the Sydney win again there, Dicko? No, there's clearly there's extra points in this in these games because of the new rule, and what how, how many, much that's going to be, whether it's because of the free-flowing footy, the shots on goal, and the, the, you know, the goals from full-back, they're all going to have an effect, so it's going to be... It's going to be good for the game seeing higher scoring. Well, how much that's going to be per game is going to be interesting. All right, Logical. Are you ready to talk some games? Let's do it. Thursday night back at the MCG. Blues versus the Pies. Another big game on the Thursday night. We've uh, opened up at around about four and a half and we've trimmed into two and a half. Logical, what are you seeing here? Well, I think the market's moved in the right direction and I like the Blues um, and I think I'd probably be backing them this weekend, but I don't think there's a hurry to back them. I think that the market's when Steel Sidebottom gets named. The Blues may name another couple with uh, Williams. And Jack Martin. And Jack Martin could come back in. I don't know whether it'll keep going to the Blues, but I think the Blues are probably equal or better than Collingwood. I saw them live on um, Friday night and I didn't like them they've still got forward line problems like they've had a long and their midfield looks slow they haven't really improved much on last year they've probably gone backwards so I think that the Blues are playing probably a little bit better football so I'll be back in the Blues here 
Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. I, I didn't have uh, anything for that game. I'm still a little bit concerned about the Blues getting scored against heavily in clumps. They, they still seem to have a little bit of that defensive uh, issue where they get scored against a couple in a row. They happened to them again at the end of the game against the Tigers. Tigers, um, that's a bad beat. We didn't talk about that one. The Tigers are uh, covering that one in the, uh, in the opener. But Well, speaking of covering that in the opener and the Blues falling apart, how bad was he? Who, who bad? Who are you talking about? He's in the leadership group at Carlton. He was missing tackles, dropped his head, turned the footy over, didn't chase, all late. Doherty. Oh, a bit harsh there, Dick. He was you, awful. Really? Not happy with Doherty's work? Yeah, he did. I did, did do some poor work late. I didn't, I didn't notice it as much as you did, though, Dicko. In that young side, his role is to set standard, and it was shit late. Like, poor. I'd give him a little bit of lenience considering the injuries he's had and the time he's had away from the game. We'll give him, we'll let him, forgive him one bad run. The, uh, we'll go into the next game, Logical. Friday night, we're taking a trip down the highway, down to the Cattery, and we've got the Cats versus Brisbane. Really interesting game because these sides both coming off shocking losses uh, against what we would think lower, lower, uh, lower teams on the ladder where we think they're going to finish this year. Really interesting. The Cats have opened up at nine and a half point favourite and they've just trimmed up to eight and a half. The main man's not going to be playing, we don't think. Um, what are you seeing here? Yeah, the main man's not going to be playing and also Menangola. This is what I don't like. Menangola is apparently going to play even though being subbed off on the weekend. When I heard about that new rule, I thought that was going to be an automatic 12-day rest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I realised it's only for concussions. Don't like that rule at all. I think it just should be a blanket 12 days. But Menangola is probably going to be 50-50 to play this weekend. Um, they may get Duncan back. I'm not sure. Um, he's, he's pretty key for them. But the Cats are really battling with a few of those out. Uh, Brisbane, though, again, I'm still – I'm not convinced on Brisbane. If this wasn't at the Cattery, I'd be – I probably would back Brisbane. But just at the Cattery, like, I, I don't think Brisbane have beaten them down there since 2003 or something like that. So – um, no bet for me on this one. Yeah. Out of interest, if Dangerfield miraculously got cleared, what would that eight and a half turn into? He's probably a four, five point player, would you say, Cam? Yeah, at the yeah. moment. I think at his best, he's been been worth a lot more. But at the moment, he hasn't been flying like he used to. So he's probably not the player he was. So he might be three points or something like that. Yeah. Um, I've got down here that I... I I like Brisbane here, but uh, but I, I, I and I've said this before. I think I said this last year. I'm probably the I've been burnt so many times uh, backing outsiders down at the Cattery that I just I just don't know if I can pull the pull the trigger. So I don't know. We'll see we'll see where that. I'll, I'll have a bit of a market watch on that one. See where it ends up if it somehow drifts out a little bit. Um, if everyone's getting excited on the home team, I might have a go. But yeah, I, I'd probably lean Brisbane. Yeah, I think we're pretty aligned there. We probably both feel like Brisbane are a good chance here, but the Cattery oh. scares us off. So we're probably probably looking at Brisbane maybe bet, but not a bet on the minus. Yep. Okay, so we're going to skip down to Sunday. We've got uh, the Dogs hosting West Coast at Marvel Stadium. Uh, we're pretty solid in the market here around that sort of eight, nine and a half line, um, Dogs being favourites. I pretty much make this one what it is, Logical. I think it's a great contest, but um, but what are you seeing? Yeah, West Coast don't travel well. We know that. And and the place that they probably do travel well is Etihad or Marvel. I think that's the place they play best away from home. Why? I, it's probably because of they've got – Dicko just asked why. They're probably because they've got key forwards that enjoy those cleaner, you know, 
non non dewy, non windy conditions. That's probably the reason that they do do that. With, and and it's easier to play in those sort of control and, and, conditions. And probably in the past too, they they play more there probably than what they play at the MCG. So there's that familiarity as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is it easier to travel start of the year? It's, uh, I don't know, but I think it's easier for everyone to travel after last year. I think teams realise that, you know, being in hubs and things, being away from home, it, it is easier. And we saw we saw that a little bit on the weekend with some upsets away. And Probably think playing. at the start of the year too, you probably have more of your more senior list available. So it may appear that they travel better. When you start getting into the depths of the season and, and your list is being challenged and all of a sudden you're bringing younger, younger guys that are maybe travelling for the first time or haven't played at certain grounds before, maybe that's when there is a little bit more of a – of an advantage there perhaps that might be yeah is this game hard to line up though because you're not i can tell you're not convinced at all in collingwood but all west coast have done is like limp over the line against the suns without their champion young throbber yeah and and we saw the west coast live on the weekend and, and i didn't like I me mean, sorry the western bulldogs live and i didn't like the western bulldogs and Josh Bruce really concerns me. How can the team win a premiership with someone like Josh Bruce in there? He just, he just, a, he's just an absolute killer. He just kills a side. He kicks the ball out of, out in the full or missed shanks from right in front. Their forward structure looked pretty, pretty poor. Um, Norton was jumping at the ball well, like he does, but still haven't solved their forward line problems. But they're going well in the midfield. But it still wasn't in love with the way the dogs play. But they'll be much better for being at Marvel. If I was having a lean here, it's probably West Coast. But at this stage, it looks like it's moving towards the dogs, the market. If it keeps going, I'll probably back West Coast. Yeah, okay, awesome. And we might just touch on the rising star uh, here, Logical, because we had a bit of... uh, And the rising star. When we say the rising star, that's not the Pope. This is your man, Matty Rowell. Yeah, gee, two years in a row. The poor kid, he's uh, he's gone down early again and... uh, Hopefully, hope. <laughs> don't pretend to care. Like you, you literally have, have placed your hard-earned cash on other players. You, you, you are roaring this. Well, I just hope the punters out there heeded the advice that the dollar thirty-three was not a good bet. I was going to say it's really opened it up for the fifteen guys that dare say <laughs> no, no, that the mug tipped in the rising star. I love it. I the love Coleman, it. when he was at about 16 going for it. I, I love it how Dicko gives 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 me grief about picking four guys for the Coleman when he makes a living out of picking four horses for every race that he bets in. So uh, <laughs> I've, picked, I've picked four out of 700. You pick four out of 15. <laughs> uh, very That's good. interesting though, uh, Mug. Um, that, I haven't seen any bookies going back up with the market again yet. Uh, who, who, do you, who do you think? Would be favourite? Do you have a view on that? No, I don't actually, mate. I, I haven't delved into it too too much. I mean, the yep. guys. I, I think I said Tom Green, Hayden Young, Tanner Bruin. He didn't quite look. He didn't quite look at the level uh, on the weekend. Young Braden Campbell uh, was the other one. Errol? I, no, er, I didn't he actually. He kicked two or three on debut. There he's was actually, deadly. He there was doesn't actually, miss with his left foot. There was he's actually, a freak. He's short. He's stocky. He's going to handle like the the league footy, and he's fucking deadly. Let alone the six or I think it was number six. Big, tall lad coming out of the goal square. He, he took marks and kicked straight. Well, I don't imagine even being a key forward at eighteen. And Buddy Franklin's coming in. And takes I might have to. I just might have to talk about one of the Pope's favourite um, theories here. There's a little bit of recency bias in Dicko, all right, and he's a bit excited. But uh, 
We'll move on. <laughs> I think uh, I don't think you could even find Errol in the market. I don't <laughs> think there was any book that even had him listed uh, to uh, to get him if, in. If Errol kicks one and a half goals for the rest of the season, it's a long year, Dicko. That's what I'll say. It's a long year. Um, all right. Well, that might wrap us up for AFL. We're going to talk some NRL next with the Pope. With the way the Pope is going, he's thirty uh, percent profit on turnover so far for the season, and. Last weekend uh, on the podcast here, he, he was on fire as well. He, he tipped the Eels, who beat the Storm in an upset. He tipped the Sharkies at the line and he missed with the Warriors, but he's been red hot on what he's tipped on here. Just on the Eels, like we almost need to pay tribute to Gutherson. He, Unreal, was, he, he was fucking enormous. What about when uh, they still scored, but when um, Munster, who was giving the, the cheese an absolute... And Godfall. Did you did you notice that? Yeah. Like absolutely abusing him. Yeah, Cameron wasn't happy with, with Brandon's service yes, there. He wanted the nut. Give me the, the feed me yeah. nut. You're the, you're, the, you're the dummy half, feed me nut. Anyway, he reached out to put that try down and Gutho there. Like he's a freak. He when he's good, he's very, very good. I think when he goes to post origin and he sits in the centres, he's not a centre. He's in an era of elite fullbacks in the comp too, so he's highly underrated. Mm. Goes flies on the radar as a result of three or four Really, really A grade players in the comp, so he doesn't get the mention he deserves. But he's he's an unreal player. Mm. Gutho, yeah, outstanding on Friday night. Like we we owed our bet was we owe him. Yeah, and you could see momentum shifting Melbourne's way if one of those probably scored. Yeah. They they were banging the door down. Um, he kept them out and and kept our bets alive. In it was that quite game. a good game of rugby league in those conditions. Really unreal ball error rate really low. There was still ball movement. It was it was a great game of footy. Yeah. And Benny, this week we uh, open up with a cracking game. They seem to be they seem to be on the Thursday night every week. The Storm. Um, we got the, the Panthers v the Storm Thursday night. It's close enough to a dollar. It's dollar eighty five Penrith and dollar ninety seven Storm. Any thoughts in this in, in this game, Benny? Uh, Dick, it's at Blue Bet Stadium. The renaming of Panthers home ground. A lot at play here too, Cam. Um, Felice Kafusi out suspended after his elbow to. Maddo's head last Ryan Mad- Madison's head last week. The other angle or the pretty, other part pretty stiff to, to get rubbed out for in rugby league for elbowing a bloke in the head. Like if you slow down any play of the ball <laughs> and just rewind it slightly, you'll see a stack of it. Yeah, and that's blown up this week too. Whether um, along the Dangerfield line, whether two weeks is enough for for Felice's elbow to head? Was it deliberate? Was it accidental? So that's been quite the talking point. But the the big news out of this one's probably whether Nathan Cleary is going to play concussion protocol. So you got. Went off last week with concussion late in the game. He's five-day turnaround for Penrith. Most conventional thinking on the new concussion rules is he can't play off a five-day turnaround. The market doesn't reflect that at the moment. So if he's out, that's that's a massive edge. No, I wouldn't have thought it reflects it because probably he's he's probably worth as nearly as much as anyone in the comp at the moment, isn't he? He'd be. That's going to swing a long way if if Cleary's out. Got name today, so market hasn't reacted. But any sort of conventional wisdom you take from uh, NRL physio and the like on Twitter is he's unlikely to play. You, you probably need to think how concussions view too a little bit. It's be taboo to play someone off five day turnaround. Um, I think we I think the angle here is get on storm early at this price. Even though the storm have had a pretty sort of like a rough start to the year. Like they played South who we think are pretty good first up. Then they travelled and played in a pissing rain against Para. That was a brutal game, like we just spoke about. Now they go to, out to Penrith, 
And Melbourne's then got... They're going to fly to Sydney, then they're going to be on a bus for an hour and 40 minutes. And Melbourne's got their problems. They're, we've touched on this in previous weeks. They're not quite right. You touched on Dicko, Brandon Service isn't Cam Smith out of Dummy House. So they've got issues that they've got to deal with. But if Cleary's out, they're also missing Appy Corusau, who hasn't got spoken about this week, their hooker, the feeds the nut. He's, he's out this <laughs> week as well. That's a big loss. So you're missing your nine, you're missing your seven. That's, that's huge in a Two in, distributors in of too. nut. Two distributors, the main distributors of the nut. Both of them, that's really significant. So um, I'm surprised the market hasn't sort of tweaked on that Cleary's 50-50 at best to this, that this is a big price. Yeah, so the thinking probably there, Benny, is if if Cleary does play, the price is as it is, would you say? Yeah, there's minimal downside. I, I can't see Panthers shortening too much further, um, maybe slightly, but not much if he does play. And so if you're 50-50 or he's, he's, he's 33 66 you, you, you're getting that value of that price because it probably moves to you know probably moves four and a half or something like that if, if he doesn't play yeah yeah it does yeah. Uh, whether whether it goes that far um i have to conjecture but it's certainly yes storm will be clear favorites if clear is out yep. on top of chorus he hasn't been mentioned this week much yep. in the fact he's out for six weeks for him this is um there's there's a significant edge to be had here with storm i think like the angle uh and the other game that you're uh, pretty keen to speak about this week was the south the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. Um, currently got the uh, Roosters at two and a half point favourites in that game. I do think before we like, let him off the hook, he's a Broncos man. Through and through. Live and die by Broncos yeah. results, Dicko. Live and Bron- die by it. The Broncos had a um, like an old boys day. Like, on field, they're playing like beaters and they said we're going to get some of these proper offers back. And they were, well, I think they were going to go to the races. Yeah, they're going to go to Eagle Farm on Saturday. So you've got 30 current footballers and another 15 ex-footballers descending on Eagle Farm, loading up on piss, and they can't, and they can't understand why senior management thought it wasn't a good idea. You can see both sides of this argument, can't you? They've only had about 10 off-field incidents in the last 18 months, Broncos, and, and they can't. And they're so questioning why the senior management doesn't. The, the powers that be above him said, no, 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 no. And now, because all the ex-players are in the media everywhere, yeah, you got you got the old boys as they like to turn themselves going on radio and and going after management for calling this off. Um, it doesn't seem like a big surprise that they don't want forty five current ex footballers at Eagle Farm wreaking havoc. It's <laughs> like we said at the start. Every week there's another controversy in rugby league. Like that's just the best. The fact the fact they're surprised and getting their back up that this wasn't allowed is remarkable. Like the, it's the lack so- of it's a sign though where the Broncos are at. Like they're none from two. Struggling, what are we? What's what's the problem? What are we talking about? Oh, they wouldn't let us go on the piss at the races. Like. <laughs> this would have been the day after driving down the road to Gold Coast, and even though they lost by twelve, they've been comfortably. So this would have been the day after that, and um, yeah, everyone's got up in arms about it at Red Hill. And the uh, so the Roosters, Sydney Roosters, coming off two massive wins too. I think is that they, they've just been beating up sides. Tedesco has been on fire. C- couldn't not have him in your super coach. What are your thoughts on this game? And they look unreal. They've racked up 42 weeks in a row. Um, they are now premiership favourites, so the market reflects how well they've been playing. If you could bet on that, surely he'd be favourite right now for the Daily M. Jimmy T. He Well, he should be favourite, but based on how he's playing, you wouldn't do it on the basis of how the Daily M voters go about their business, but based on how he's playing, you would. Elaborate. Again, second week in a row, we've got a significant Daily M era in voting. So out of the Roosters' West Tigers game... Uh, Dane Laurie, West Tigers fullback, and tried very hard, played well, but they lost by 34. He, 
he walks away with one vote in the three two one basis. Luke Keary, who's conducting the orchestra for the Roosters, sort of creating everything that they produce, doesn't get a vote. Not. Doesn't get a vote. So he walks away empty handed. He's sort of um, as I said, conducting it, running the whole show and, and sort of can't be named in the three best players on the ground to support his team winning by thirty four at halfback. And uh, our good friend Joel Kane complains about Brownlow voting. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I well, think the umpires in the end, when you look at it, the umpires don't do too bad a, too bad a job sometimes. Yeah, if, I don't know if you follow Joel on social media, Cam, he's big on the change of the day in process. He's, um, he's sort of been hit, hitting over the head with a stick, this concept, in recent times. So he's big on But something does need to change. There's, there's yep. a real big flaw for what should be a prestigious medal yep. in this yep. process. There's something seriously amiss. But back to, back to Roosters this week v Rabbitohs. As I said, racked up 42 weeks in a row. They look highly impressive. And this moved over the course of the weekend with while they were beating up on the Tigers. This was about one and a half most of the weekend. Went to three and a half. I do think it's probably gone too far. So they have played two pretty average teams, the Roosters. They racked up 40, but let's see how they go against one of the big boys being Rabbitohs. Last time they met, I don't take a lot of... Um, Merit in previous games, but they Roosters, sorry, Rabbitohs won by fifty end of last year against this against Roosters. So not a lot's changed in personnel. I'm prepared to find out how good the Roosters are by betting against them on the Rabbitohs at two twenty five. Yep. Early in the year last year, though, same sort of scenario. Roosters pumped them. Yeah. At their CG, remember? I do. Twelve months ago, a long time ago now. Um, again, yeah. When all else fails, when looking at rugby league logic, you go to your spine for me. So you're one, six, seven, nine. Um, and some of it's reputation, but Rabbitohs looks a lot better than the Roosters. So Roosters missing a couple. We've got a young 5'8", Lock and Lamb, young hooker with a couple injuries. The rest of it, on the other side of the ledge, you've got, you got Reynolds, Walker, Cook, and Luttrell at the back. That's pretty impressive, One six seven nine. I'm, I'm pre- they're playing at home. Not much adva- advantage at Stadium Australia or the old Tel- Telstra Stadium, but... Uh, three and a half point underdogs, two twenty-five in head-to-head. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to find out how good Roosters are by betting against them this week. And uh, and for um, the Pope's tips during the week, just head to the mailbag.com. As I said, he's been flying. He's been thirty percent profit on turn, profit on turnover for the uh, for the year so far. Um, Benny's the Pope. Is there anything else you are uh, you like this weekend? I will. One I will call it is Cronulla Cam at three dollars plus at the moment. So. Um, playing Parramatta, who um, were highly impressive against Melbourne last week, but um, I don't think this would be the price if Chad Townsend had kicked two of three very gettable goals against Canberra on the weekend. I think this would this is reflecting the actual outcome as opposed to actually how the match panned out. So I think this is a really big price. I, I rate them really highly how they've been playing. Cronulla have improved significantly on last year for mine. Um, yeah, I touched on last week, the angle of the plus, not so much, but head-to-head it. At three dollars plus, I think it's really good value in this game. They they really like got into Canberra's like mojo lo- last week. They really like changed the game. It wasn't typical Canberra. It was, it was chaotic that game. Like there were opportunities for breakaway tries both ways, and like like you said, if he kicks straight, they win. But probably on form, Canberra's going to be a pretty solid side this year, and the Sharks could have knocked them off. Yeah, that's right. And they finished eighth last year, Cronulla, but they were a false eight seed. Like it was a weak comp, and they and they sort of trickled into eighth, but they're better this year. Defence, especially goal on defence, which is important in the way rugby league's played now. Six again, really, you need to be able to turn sides away on your own line. They did that, and they rebounded for or counter-attacked really strongly against a 
top five team in the comp. They, they were really good value for their two-point loss, and I think this is a little bit disrespectful, this price, even though it is at Bank West, Paramount's home ground. Um, Steepest stadium in Australia. The what, sorry? The steepest stadium is it really? in Australia. Yeah. Apparently that you fact. get a lot of vertigo. It's like, like colonial on drugs, you know. Yeah, go. That's, um, that's new information for most most listeners. So good to know. So steep. I think Cronulla's good it's value. Still, it's there's a steep. Got the MCG covered, does it? That's Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. 100%. Righto, that's us, yeah? The mailbag.com.au. The Pope's going at 31% profit on turnover. You can watch and enjoy rugby league all weekend long. And the boys, are we just behind same game multis? Just behind, but like you're enjoying contests that you wouldn't enjoy. Like Port Adelaide, that game was over at quarter time. We were watching and we were cheering. It's going to be a good year, guys. Get on board and enjoy it.